0: Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, coming through your headphones... Straight from my pad out in Richmond, joined virtually by the normal gang. We got Omni at Omni Strife and Sam at Another Sam Chan. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. How goes the battle?
1: Goes pretty well. Uh, myself, I'm still uh, talking to you out of Vancouver, but soon to join you and down in Richmond.
0: Yeah, when when is it that you move? Is it this weekend or n- next weekend? Or? It's uh, in about two days <laughs> oh, okay well so before this weekend yeah, yeah yeah definitely need help i'll send sam yeah yeah definitely next to useless there <laughs> well you're moving too yeah like, is- i'm moving next week so five days after omni is, is, is there something here that I, that you guys aren't telling me like it's the moving meta yep well, speaking of the moving meta, there's going to be a whole new meta in Overwatch League. <laughs> Do they pay you to, for these transitions? Yeah, I wish someone paid me for these transitions. Running a podcast can, can get expensive. The dollars add up. Yeah, well, pay, paying for all those guests the last couple of weeks couldn't have come cheap either. Oh, man. You should have seen the rider that Mr. John Jang uh, had. Green oh. M&Ms. I don't even know how you virtually send green M&Ms. He never told me if he got them.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah what you have to do is you have to get 10 bags of normal m&ms and then you got to use chopsticks because that's the only way it'll work and you got to pick out all the green ones because if you use just your hand they'll melt so
0: this is this is true and i i did not learn that lesson i was using like two spoons oh, it's not the color of the m&m
1: inside it's the filling that counts low-key i think peanut butter m&ms are the best
0: oh peanut butter m&ms are great you know, actually, speaking of M&Ms, because we're Canadian, it's a good thing we didn't refer to Smarties because that would actually <laughs> throw people off if they weren't from Canada because Smarties here are like M&Ms, where like in the United States, Smarties are like what we would call, I think, rockets. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That was the weirdest thing for me, and, and, and I think the first realization that Canada isn't actually just secretly part of America. And the weirdest part is Smarties is like an American thing. It's just... I don't know. This is all, all owned by Nestle, right? Nestle. Yeah.
1: Nestle. Whatever you Nestle. call it. Nestle. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Nestle the, up to that chocolate.
0: The, the resident uh, evil corp of the month. <laughs> anywho i'm pretty sure no one tuned in to hear us talk a little bit about candy so i'm going to give you an idea as to what we're going to talk about this episode stage four starts up this weekend so we're going to talk a little bit about the matches that the vancouver titans are going to have but as well the match of the week there's a whole new meta in overwatch league because why not shift things and shake things up in the final stage before you go into the playoffs uh we've got a whole lot of actual overwatch news uh, there's a bunch of moves, there's a new hero, um, Omni might have a song prepared, we won't know until he <laughs> sings it to us. But without any further ado, let's go straight to the payload. Hey, Force of Nature faithful, this is your favorite Vancouver Titans podcast host, Chris at Lifeforce here, and I've got a question for you. Do you happen to be looking for an esports jersey designer? Well, you need to check out TimberFlynnConcepts.com. That is actually Timber Flynn, who you might know on the Vancouver Titans Discord or through social media, and he designed some of the best esports jerseys that I've ever seen. Now, these unique designs that he creates also come for a very low price, because he understands that esports organizations can't always afford that much, so really, you pay what you can. You can't get a better deal than that. Now, he can't physically print the jerseys. You're still on the hook to get that done, but the designs themselves have been used by Overwatch World Cup teams for promotional aspects, the University of Louisiana Atlanta Fayette, and professional soccer teams. So again, check out Timberflameconcepts.com for all your esports jersey needs. Moving to payload, join me. Now we're going to talk more about this meta shift when we get into the fray, just because there's, you know, much more about it. But simply put, the 222 is real. I mean, it's been as far as we've been concerned, real since it started to leak. But the 222 will be happening for stage four. And for those of you who have no idea what 222 means, there will be two tank, two damage or DPS, two support, and that is locked for the map it's no different than making a substitution if you wish to then move someone from the support role into a tank role you can't do that until you can substitute at the end of a map so what does 222 two, two mean for our Vancouver Titans
2: well i'd uh, honestly advise the titans to sell bumper stitch and hacksaw and then rebuild hmm. <laughs> it's i've never heard of this strategy before tell me more well, with the buyout money that can help them last for a couple more seasons, I
0: think. Hmm. Interesting. You sound like a, a wolf of some sort. <laughs> hmm. in, in reality, though, I mean, I think when we look at the Vancouver Titans and, and ultimately who they currently have on the roster, and I, I need to air quote the currently, uh, you know, Tizzy could very well be announced at any point, and yep. rumors are – pretty strong that he will be joining the team you have uh your support already defined as as twilight and slime Mm -hmm. you've got your your dps likely defined as hacksaw stitch at least to start so really your tank line is where the only question mark remains and for argument's sake is it safe to say it's bumper and one of somon or janu dependent on the needs of the map at play mm-hmm. so that's really the challenge
1: for the titans should we be concerned i guess so i mean every team that did good should be concerned with a, a, a severe meta shift such as we are about to see i mean only if the team was garbage throughout the three uh, first stages then they can say like oh this can only go uh you know uh, better for us. But if, if you were dominant like the Titans or the Shock or uh, NYXL, anyway, you definitely uh, look at those adjustments that you must do in your lineup. And like you said, like our support line is set. Mm-hmm. HackSell is going to be there. We know that Stitch is our designated uh, hit scan slash tracer but nobody knows what the dominant meta will be will it be dive will it be that uh, pulled pork with the double sniper uh, <laughs> will we see bump uh, like the bunker comp nobody really knows so i guess the real challenge here is and we already saw that uh, during stage four what do you do with our flex tanks and in flex tanks even though Su is defined as a flex damage he is our Monster Zarya, but we cannot now play both him and uh, Janna, which is kind of odd to think about because normally you, you you always see the three tanks lineup right for the Titans, and now it just depends on whether you're running a Zarya comp with something that I saw labeled online as a you know a, a mini goats version with uh Ryan Zarya uh, combination. It's just a matter of how you uh, pair up your tanks. But not only that. Like if you run a an Orisa, um Orissa hog, we might see Stitch go hog, and then who will play the Arissa? No, another weird thing to consider. So there's so much to look forward to. Definitely, I ex- anticipate a lot of madness and weird roster juggles, not just from the Titans, but from anywhere um, in, in any any other team in the league. But I am. I am super grateful that we have some something to fall back to which is our great support duo in uh, slime and um and twilight and bumper you know holding that hammer or uh, pushing uh or going Winston so there is some something that will be still solid something to fall back to so they can you know experiment so yeah what do you guys think I'm just- I
2: just actually think of the of all the teams the Titans won't have that much serious change. I think it's easy to look at Titans, look at the shock um, and go, Oh, they're going to take a hit because of two, two, two. And that's fair because for most of the season, they were at the very top. But if you look at, you know, even the Shanghai dragons, you know, the, the ball, the bell, bell, the ball, mm-hmm. I, say I don't know my English. Um, last, just last in the playoffs, they weren't running a two, two, two. Right. So I think it's going to affect, all the teams to, to a significant degree. And the only reason we don't talk about those is because, because the focus of two, two, two has been so much on, on killing goats, but like, I've been kind of ranting for, for a little bit. Now it's, has been a couple episodes. Like it's going to affect a lot more comps, right. than just goats. And that's, you know, we've watched enough goats for a lifetime. So I'm, I'm actually fine with going away, but I really enjoyed the quad DPS, I like who didn't enjoy what the dragons did this playoffs. Like, I guess, unless you were one of the teams they beat. Right. But, (laughs) but, but like that, that's what's going to change. And, and like, who knows what's going to happen to uh Chengdu. Right. Like they, they don't like tanks at all. Now they're forced to play
0: two of them. Hmm. The, the struggle for me actually is the loss of the quad DPS or if you're the Vancouver Titans, the quint DPS at one point, like I, I, I will miss the creativity we started to see at the end of stage three because it was fun. I, I feel that going into this, this roll lock, the two, 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 you're, you're taking creativity out of the game to solve a problem that came out of teams being for lack of a better term creative yeah right like it's yeah. it, you're you're going the entire opposite side of the spectrum to try to find the solution um it's unfortunate that it's happening as well so late in the yeah. season though as we'll talk about one frame i mean apparently majority of the players themselves and the teams were were for it so uh, you know i'm not too concerned about the titans i think the vancouver titans have flexibility but The challenge will actually be, you know, let's say we go with the pulled pork uh, meta, which uh, for those of you who are wondering why pulled pork would be the term we use for the and hog is that we used science and asked (laughs) our followers to choose between pulled pork or oink and yoink, and 56% of you said pulled pork. So, science wins out. It just tastes better. It does. That's true. I can't eat it right now because uh, pulled pork is... Got a whole lot of points and I can't afford them. But uh, let's take, for example, Stitch. We saw Stitch use Hog's hook to essentially counter phara Like, I didn't realize that Hog was the counter to a pharmacy. And if Stitch comes into the game as DPS, he can't switch onto Hog until after that map is done. Now, if Stitch goes to take let's say hog in the tank role yeah who does that then bump into damage is that a hurag coming in to to play the damage role is that bumper going to embrace his inner hanzo like yeah some sue might come in as a damage i guess yeah some sue could do that too but it starts to in my mind push the the titans much further outside of their comfort zone when they start to make that type of shit because they don't have the flexibility where you know stitch does this and so and so does that mid-map because they're now going to go ah we see who we're playing this is what they we're doing here's how we're going to counter
1: yep just to clarify on that conversation that you guys uh said i completely disagree <laughs> i was ranting the other way for the longest of times i think that those quad DPS, triple DPS are not really that much a result of creativity, but just from how broken GOATS was and how detrimental that meta was to the game. I mean, everybody likes to say how teamwork shines through that meta or how uh, amazing it was. I thought it was boring to watch. I assume from hearing all the players talk about it, how boring it was to to, to, to play. And essentially it, it revolved around timing your bubbles and, and rolling in and out. Some, te- some teams uh, did it better. Some teams did it w- w- like worse. I didn't like it as much as uh, other people did. And, and I, frankly, from, I don't know if it, if, if it counts, but uh, just watching some streamers or, or even me playing um, the roll lock, it doesn't really feel that there is some sort of limit on your creativity, but it feels like the mold in which you like perceive Overwatch now has been changed. To kind of like, it feel it felt like home. Like now uh, everybody knew, all right. And even though like in some co- competitive games you knew that you could still win running that four DPS comp or, or uh, triple tank or whatnot, everybody secretly knew that this game was meant to be played with a two 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 composition. And this is like an opinion of mine. It's not not a fact, right? But it feels right. I don't know as a Titans podcast if that will come back to bite us uh, in the behinds, but I like it as a whole. I like it for the league and for the longevity of this uh, game.
0: Well, I, I, so I want to make it clear. Like I, I get that the league needed to figure out how to introduce something that allowed goats to simply be a choice whereas for a while you know even i mean even the pros were saying oh you had to play goats there's just no other alternative i beg to differ but again they get paid big money to analyze the hell out of mm-hmm. the game uh i get paid diddly squat to come to you once a <laughs> week on a podcast i just I, I just feel that we've taken goats as a problem which it may very well have been, and we've solved it by simply saying, here is the box that everyone must live in. Now, you have creativity within your own cell within that box, but you can't go into other cells. Now, you are correct in saying it sort of feels right, and we'll talk more about this when we get into the fray, but how stoked are you when you go into competitive or QP and you see Widow and Hanzo insta-locked as your two damage heroes and you have to accept that. Like you can't go and creatively have some other form of damage hero to supplement or complement. Like you're those, those are them. Like, and, and that's where I feel like at the, you know, ladder level, that may be problematic. Granted, it won't be problematic for me because let's be honest, I'm never going to get back into the world of competitive mystery heroes is my jam. Back on topic with the titans though. Do we feel the titans are? in still an okay place or do either of you have maybe a sliver of doubt that this could shake things up significantly for me
2: i don't think it's necessarily doubt i think it's a whole new season and and that's what's unfortunate about this decision yeah. it's, it's just another example of 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 like this this mediocre semi pro honestly it's bush league i'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore Um, like it's like adding a four point line just before the playoffs, right? Like whether, whoever it benefits, whoever it doesn't benefit, like that's, that's beyond the point. Right. But, but what it tells you is everything that we've experienced up to this point, the 20 odd games that we've had so far, they're not representative of anything anymore. Really? Um, because, because the meta is just completely shifted, right? The players will change. Everybody will change. Um, and to have that leading up to what they will end up calling the, the world champions or, or, or the, the season champions. Like that's, that's ludicrous for me, whether that ends up being the Titans ends up being the shock or ends up being the Florida mayhem. Like, but it actually, I think technically it can't be the Florida mayhem, right? Yeah. Just no, rubbing, I think they ru- are done rubbing salt and wounds, but, but you, you know what I mean, right? Like it could be that eight seed team that, that got hot at the right time. Right. Um, and so on and so forth. And I don't think that's necessarily just indicative of the the season that, that all these guys have had and Gal. Yeah.
1: yeah, two points to add to that. Like you said, we might get in like in an unpredictable champion. Not very different from what we had last season when we had this uh, a smaller meta shift uh, coming into the final playoffs where we had uh, Philly play against uh, uh, and, and losing eventually to the London Spitfire. So it can just Jump because everybody assumed that NYXL not only is going to be in the finals but also take them. And as for the Titans, I think it'll boil down to how dominant Widow will be. Will it be if it'll be Dive? I think we'll do f- just fine. We'll still be like a top two, three uh, team and might win win it all. But having seen some other Widow players and how uncomfortable we appeared to play against that. And I'm not sure how Widow is one of those players uh, that you got to be hot on. You got to be practiced and well uh, comfortable with, because because uh, I'm not sure where stitches with that hero. Uh, and we even saw like someone who uh, was close to being the MVP last season um, in Carpe not playing on par with other up and comers on that hero this season, just from not playing her for so long. So I'm a bit concerned if we are going into a double sniper meta
2: yeah has just been practicing those bubbles right
1: yeah <laughs> those internal
0: counts like oh eight seven six oh, oh. <laughs> well we'll find out pretty darn quick how the vancouver titans are going to deal with this new beta because they face the shanghai dragons oh, on man. Thursday, july 25th it is a rematch uh between the upstart underdog um the slayer of the titans yeah i don't know whatever the heck you want to call the shanghai dragons um the the good thing is the dragons also have to embrace this meta the bad thing is that uh, they had a little more success outside of goats than titans mm-hmm. did at least in the last stage playoffs what are your thoughts about this match and how comfortable are you in predicting a result considering as Sam to use your words it's a whole new season I just want to say that now I get why the schedules
1: were so boring so far because it looks like they stuck all the good games in the last <laughs> stage but seriously I think the Titans should bounce back we've had that uh habit in the past where we lose to a team or be close to a loss and and then we I don't know we overanalyze our own faults or found find these uh, chinks in the armor who knows the titans might come up with some other composition or lineup that we not predicted Uh, i hope we start on on you know with a win because this stage will probably be the toughest one for us and i don't think it's going to be as close as other people might think i think it'll be a 3-1 for the
0: titans well, be- Before you commit to 3-1, let's actually just quickly run through the too map. too
1: late. I already did.
0: Okay, right, fine. So the first, <laughs> map, the first map will be Lijiang Tower. Second is Temple of Anubis. Third is King's Row. Fourth is Junkertown. Mm. So Anubis hasn't been as kind to the Titans as other maps. Uh, Junkertown has been the Rialto of a stage, so we're not entirely sure. Uh, you could argue that King's Row is their map. But Lijiang Tower is a map that the Titans, yeah. I mean, they they did okay on, but in this sort of new world, you know, it's still unpredictable. So, are you still sticking with that 3-1? Yeah, Anubis, I, th- I think there's a lot of good uh, Genji maps
1: there. So, and Haxal, he, he played Genji even when it was not really a good idea. So, I can't <laughs> wait to see some, pop up some dive. Lijiang, hmm. Maybe we'll see Afara, but I'm comfortable with them going in uh, head high and 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 you know starting with the right right okay. approach for this meta and or stage. Sam.
2: So when I said it was a whole new season, you guys might remind remember the very very first uh, Vancouver Titans match was also against the Shanghai Dragons. Mm. So I'm going with the cool storyline four zero for the Titans. Because it's a whole new season. Brave. Ah, predictions are like buttholes. Everybody has one anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn listening to the Ready, Set, Poem podcast. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm I'm so conflicted here. I'm going to say it's 3-2 for the Vancouver Titans. Okay. And the only reason I'm choosing the Titans is this is a Titans podcast. And I do feel <laughs> they're going to bounce back. <laughs> and I do feel that the Vancouver Titans in the 2-2-2, Uh, aren't as weak as some of the pundits on social media seem to think they are um but i think it will be a close fight so i'm gonna say three two for the bank
2: i think the titans are a bit more well-rounded and and with the two dps lock what are you guys guessing the dragons will push out i think one of the most effective things from the last dragons match was was uh was ding on was it ding on farah yeah ding was on farah and and um and DM on the Widow, right? Widow, so, widow. if those are your two DPS locks, um, is that a good comp?
1: That's a good counter for uh, Genji to just slice and dice them, I hope. so. I also could, it could be a hack fist. Who knows? Yep. I'm sick and tired of seeing Sombra, so um, I'm looking forward to not seeing that composition.
2: Dude, this is hilarious. I've been on Sombra lock and comp. It hasn't worked, but it's been hella fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then uh, let's fast forward to the weekend. On the 28th, the Vancouver Titans are facing the Florida Mayhem. Well, this is the big one. Yeah, this is what we've been waiting for all season long. (laughs) Uh, So... The, the Vancouver Titans are playing the Florida Mayhem. Finally, this will be uh, on Sunday, the 28th. Uh, let's just quickly run through the maps. I was remiss not to have done that. First of all, uh, we're going to see a Lijiang Tower, Temple of Anumas, Blizzard World in Junkertown. A real different mix of options there. Uh, I'm not entirely sure the Florida Mayhem are going to benefit from this shift in the meta. I'm going to say 3-1 for the Vancouver Titans only because they're going to go and have one of those ones.
1: Yeah, Sia player on Widow can can win you a map. So but, yeah, that, that's about that's about it.
2: So for, <laughs> for for my analysis, just to help all the Titans fans and Overwatch fans out, all I'm gonna do is read you the roster of the Mayhem. Just so, well, I honestly I didn't know it. So so we have a uh, Chris, we have Kara Yan, a DPI Sia player, Hagopian, Cepher, Fate gargoyle bqb and byram so those are the names to watch on sunday guys
1: you forgot fate there did i miss
2: fate i thought you said fate oh i forgot maybe there's a rain and a swan
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i had to scroll down (laughs) yeah
2: so i yeah um, Omni, you pay much more for, further attention than me, so I don't really have any comments on any of these
1: folks. Uh, well, you cannot mention the fact that Zephyr is a scrim god, right? Well, really, uh, Saya player is the real like, uh, star yeah. on the team, and he might shine. Uh, HaGopyun had some good showings. I saw Byron pop off on a Shore Force stream not long ago, and playing good on. But I'm not sure how much that's it's, gonna. This help is him. some grade A analysis here. Of, of the yeah, this is, there's four grade A scouting. There's four players
2: without photos on the website. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, well, that's. I guess that's the highest uh, of any team
0: of uh, no player, no no portrait <laughs> players that should be a stat for your team yeah no portrait players yeah kind of like the number of draws the washington justice get yeah what color of the pool <laughs> in the team house happens to be all these new segments the one segment our listeners have been asking for the leroy report which i've yet to actually go and create something for um, we continue to hit on all the rest um <laughs> so we we both we all predict two wins so that would be two out of the three necessary to clinch the number one seed in the Pacific going into the uh, season playoffs. Now, let's talk a little bit about some schedule changes for the stage for uh, Vancouver Titans. As we had sort of talked about in a previous stage, when the Overwatch League decided to do their sort of match of the week, it was always going to be a a 12 noon spot uh, on the weekend. This in turn created an issue where they needed to juggle the calendar around If you happen to be looking at an old schedule, you will miss your Vancouver Titans on one day and you will be too early on another. Originally, the Vancouver Titans were going to play the Mayhem this weekend at 1.45 Pacific, 1.45 p.m. Pacific. That has been shifted to a 3.30 p.m. Pacific start. And all the way into August, so on August 11th against the Philadelphia Fusion, originally the Titans were going to be playing at 1.45 p.m., but they've now become the match of the week, so they will be playing at 12 noon Pacific. If you happen to subscribe to the Ready, Set, Pwn, Vancouver Titans match calendar, it's already been updated. It was magic. I did that today for you because you, are listeners, and the most important people to me. If Sam had asked me to do it, I'd be like, get banned. But no our listeners <laughs> I'm, I'm looking out for you all the time so again if you have other favorite teams i didn't look at all the other teams to see what changes took place just make sure you take a gander to you know set your social calendar around these new times because it has changed again going into stage four so we'll take a quick break here and uh, then dive into that segment we call the fray We've talked a little bit about the role lock in the payload. Well, why don't we break down the actual details of what this means and how it will play within the overwatch league itself. So I already told you this it's in place for an entire map and it functions like a substitution. That means similar to how you can't just decide to swap a player in mid match mid map. Sorry. You can't go and decide to move stitch to a tank role and so and to a DPS role. They are stuck in the seats that they're in speaking of the seats the roles will now sit together on stage they will be damaged together then tank then support if a player goes from tank to damage they get up out of that chair they take their gear and they go and they sit down on the new seat because that's very important from a presentation perspective i to be honest don't get it but who am i to argue And for those who are wondering, why the heck would they go and make this change? Well, apparently, all teams voted on it, and a big majority supported the change. The change itself was announced to the teams early in June to allow them to prepare. So there you have it, the roll lock details. Any questions from the two of you?
1: Not really questions, but I guess, you know, like in traditional sports, uh, when you introduce it to some um, new viewer and it's easy to, to say okay here you have the point guard here here you have the shooting guard it's from a, this obscure game called basketball uh, chris oh, i've never uh, heard of it but i guess it'll make more sense for uh, someone who is a beginner in, in overwatch league uh you can always tell where the here is where the tank player sits, and there we have two yeah. healers. The sports very traditional. It might be some of the new touches from the new um, commissioner, who's uh, coming from you know traditional sports. Uh, I like it because in the past it seemed like um, the seatings were kind of random, and I always well, kind the, of thought the, about
0: it. The players yeah. chose where they got to sit. Exactly, right? like there was you know superstition, right? Meta, someone lost a bet. Who knows? It's kind of weird that they, if they want to switch uh, a, a role, uh,
1: they'll have to change a seat, and then it kind of reveals your uh, strategy before the match even begins. So that's kind of odd, but but mm, I like it, but I, I I don't think it was necessary. Maybe it's better for uh, new viewers.
0: I hadn't actually considered the new viewer part. I, I, I will concede that. And when you introduce the fact that hey, in basketball, I know which player is which, I mean, positionally, that's because of where the layout on on sort of the field of play or the court in basketball. Yeah. Even though now, like basketball is also transitioning to like a positionless… Yeah, that's kind of we have our own version of goats. You <laughs> Don't don't shoot the mid-range. Yeah. But in traditional sports, I mean, the idea of sort of players sitting together it exists. Um, you look at like hockey, the, the, the yeah. defensemen all sit near the blue, the nearest gate yeah. to the blue line together, forward sit here, the goaltender sits wherever the goaltender has to sit. Um you look at football I and mean, football, generally no. the different, uh, you know, special team sits together, the offensive line sits together. They just sort of do that. But then taking it a step further in football, the number you wear on your jersey indicates the position yeah. at which you play. Right. So I, you know, I think Even- you're bringing me around to this idea that the yeah. Overwatch League is trying to sort of make it simple. Even without like the
1: seats, uh, just imagine how you would explain it now to a new viewer, someone who never watched the game. You can always start by saying, "Okay, there's one tank, two damage, two healers, and if there's we more than one that, tank, there's two tanks. Uh, two tanks. Well, you already tank, got it yeah. wrong. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> That's that. That's why we need them to YouTube. sit together. You see, you see. I I still don't have that mental image ingrained in my mind. So
2: I don't. I don't care where they sit. It's fine. They're going to have to find new high five partners, I guess. That, that yeah. high p- high five wave is going to be brutal as they're getting used to the whoever's sitting beside them. But I guess I'm, I actually don't think it'll happen too often. But if they are just like doing this kind of seat shuffle musical chairs thing, that will make the matches take a little bit longer just because you know, you're unplugging, replugging, getting your heat warmers again, getting your butt groove. I don't know what it is that they do every time there's a sub, it takes forever um but now when it's not even a sub when they're just changing seats it's essentially the same thing so you're gonna really love
0: toronto matches now
2: nah, they, they don't do game fives anymore they just lose in four <laughs>
0: <laughs> now uh, there are more changes as well happening within the stage itself so let's talk a little bit about the map pool first so uh stage four map pool on control we'll see ilios busan lijang tower on assault we're going to see hanamura volsky industries and temple of anubis our hybrid maps going to be Hollywood or Hollywood North, Blizzard World, as well as Kings Road North. And then on Escort, we're going to have Havana, Junkertown, and Route 66. The tiebreaker will remain one of the two control maps not already played in the series. Uh, uh What else happening? Ah, they're going to introduce a one v one duel during watch the Watchpoint pre-show throughout the season. Um, what this will be, we're not sure. You have to tune in on Twitter to find out, but it's, it's essentially similar to how, you know, Bren challenged pretty much everyone to <laughs> 1v1 him. Uh, we had the, the Mangachu and, uh, uh, the Fran battle. So that type of, you know, fight we're going to see more often. I guess the, the hype was real and the Overwatch League wants to <laughs> cash in on that. Uh, going into the season playoffs though. This will really stoke the fire. It will reflect the new game patch with the hero balance changes that we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is pretty big considering we got Rollock for stage four and then a whole lot of fun stuff going into the playoffs. But hey, it's a video game that constantly has patches, so it happens each and every season, of which there has been one in three quarters. Let's talk a little bit about the matches of the week. Uh, so as we do with each and every episode, it's been a while because we haven't had anything to talk about. Uh, we go through the matches of the week and tell you the game of interest. So let's start off on Thursday. Thursday, you've got the Outlaws facing off against the Eternal, the Gladiators versus the Excelsior, the Charge Infusion, and then wrapped up by the Dragon's Titans. The three of us chose Glad's Excelsior, uh, Excelsior as the match to watch, except for Omni here, who decided he wants to watch the Charge Fusion too
1: i want to see that froggy uh storyline develop
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you know I, I didn't actually consider that i mean we're gonna get into the moves um after, yeah, the, yeah, after yeah. the week it's here spoiler but, alert. but yeah you're right that uh, that is actually going to be an interesting dynamic you, you think he starts i hope so yeah <laughs> um, yeah lots of moves on Friday, you've got the Defiant and the Justice. For some reason or another, Sam didn't choose that match. The Fuel Spitfire, <laughs> the Dynasty Shock, and the Fusion Hunters. All three of us said Dynasty Shock. I actually chose this because I'm genuinely curious how the Shock will adapt to the two-two-two. And you have got Soul, who I think is going to do well in this roll lock meta. So I think yeah. it's a good matchup. To I think we're all look just at. tuning
2: in for Marvel, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> If we, are on, if we are on this game,
1: just remember how everybody talked about uh, the Shock having too many DPS players on the roster and how they balance it out. Well, it never was an issue with Goats, but now uh, what do they do really? They have a lot of talent there, but if Widow becomes a prominent like character, do they really have a Widow Specialist? I don't know. It seems to me like they have a bunch of Tracer players on that <laughs> roster, and we'll see how that goes. I'm really looking forward for that match.
2: Is Tracer finally coming back?
1: Well, a she brig. Might, mm. There might be a brig, but uh, yeah, like you said, the PTR is still away, and the characters will still have their uh, pre what well, they well, will they, still have their balance from goats. Yeah, stage four brig.
0: Right? I, I don't think you put stage four brig into two two two. It's going to be weird. Okay, I, guess like
1: goats, I guess it's goats. I guess it's time for dive. Mm-hmm.
0: On Saturday, it's the Eternal Valiant, the Uprising, Charged, the Glad's, the Outlaws, and the Rain versus the Spark. Uh, Omni and I said Glad's Outlaws. Sam, you went off the board. Said Rain Spark. Tell me why you have Rain Spark. I like pink jerseys.
1: You're neglecting your love for the outlaws? Yeah, they got this in the bag. Oh, okay, against the Gladiators, you think? Maybe. Maybe we'll
2: finally see. Uh, does Arhan still play Overwatch or video games?
1: He does. He's still on the roster. I think they never played, let him he go. Played, <laughs> he played last stage, I think one one time.
2: Huh? No, really. I, I think Spark is going to be a good two-two-two team, and this is the first first crack at it. I think they're going to, as much as they surprise people last stage, I think this is the one where they kind of jump into that upper echelon.
1: I agree. I think they, they have like a roster that was built for this really. Yep.
0: And then on Sunday, you've got the dragons dynasty spitfire to your Vancouver Titans versus the Florida Mayhem and the uprising and hunters. All three of us chose the dragons dynasty. I chose this because it's really the only other match I'd be interested in watching outside <laughs> of the Titans Mayhem.
2: Yeah. It's kind of weird how uninteresting the Spitfire have been this season.
1: Isn't Even it? though with two,
0: two, 2 you know, with Birdring and Prophet,
1: who knows? They're the defending, defending champions. champions. Oh.
0: Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Right. And then you look at the uprising of Hunters, and to me, that's two lost teams. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you look at the teams that are hurt the most
1: by GOATs, London must be at the top. They have to be.
0: hmm
2: and wasn't Paris supposed to benefit the
1: most from goats? That also remains to be seen. Ouch. <laughs> With uh, Shadowburn and Soon going back to playing the roles, uh, it might definitely soon. a lot to look forward to. Yeah, Soon.
0: <laughs> oh, well, it'll be interesting to see how well we got at all of these predictions, right? Because uh, we did a heck of a job picking the matches not to watch uh, in stage three. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the moves that we've seen since the last episode. So, uh, Ani's already sort of let the cat out of the bag. Uh, uh, Guangzhou, uh, Ginger Cat, they they got themselves busy. They've gone and acquired Fraggy, who's a main tank from the Philadelphia Fusion. Uh, Fraggy who, not to be confused with Gritty, Uh, you've got Bishu, Mm -hmm. an uh, off-tank coming from uh, the Gladiators, and then uh, they sent uh, Kib, who's DPS, uh, 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 or sorry, they got... uh, They sent Kib, his DPS, to Philly, uh, having really lost his role on uh, on Guangzhou. Chao. Uh, And then uh, the other move was uh, Iziaki, whose support uh, he's going from the Valiant to the uh, Dragons. One final actual move before I sort of talk about thoughts here. This one came in just as I was prepping for the actual podcast, and it has to do with the Toronto Defiant. They have promoted Optodox. (laughs) from the Montreal rebellion as an assistant coach, Toronto is going ham on their, uh, their contenders team. Mm. They continue to promote from within now, whether or not that that's because they see value there. Uh, it's interesting to note that uh, they did make that shift. Anywho, back to the players that were moving around of those moves, which is the most surprising. Izayaki,
1: I think, is surprising to me to move to Shanghai. From two, re- like two reasons for that, I think, uh, even though Kareev popped off at the end there for uh, the Valiant, and we know about this uh, firsthand with his uh, crazy sleeps on on Haxal, was it on the on the Farah? <laughs> Yeah, and they decided to just let go to one a person who was uh, really one of the up and comers in the flex support position, and moving to Shanghai. Even like the team that got him in the trade is kind of odd because they have they have Kama and Luffy. And normally, like the teams that win the championship, be it in the, in the stage playoffs, they their roster is kind of set. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. Another one that kind of surprised me, not as much, but but a little bit still is Kib. And Guangzhou seemed to be transitioning even deeper into that mixed roster kind of thing. And now they get rid of one of those. And I'm not really sure why Philly wants him on the roster. But yeah, that's about it for surprises.
2: Yeah, I think Izzyaki is definitely the biggest surprise, especially since uh, he went there for what? We we still don't know. (laughs) We don't know what came back the other way, if anything at all.
0: Yeah. Um, the old uh, Overwatch League transparency, yeah. yeah, and full details. We traded the guy for stuff, things. Right? <laughs> yeah, I remember like for tokens, t-
2: tokens back in phase one or phase one, uh, stage one. Um, Izayaki was one of like the the sole bright spots of the Valiant back when mm-hmm. they went. Was it zero and seven? Like, I think it was. It was yeah, it felt yeah. like forever ago. But but Izayaki was was the one player that we all kind of were like, oh, we need to look look at this kid. He's going to be really, really good. And, and I think it's a short sighted move on Valiant's part because, because Anna's kind of come back into the fray a little bit. Um, and, and has been popping off, like you guys said, but, but like Izayaki is a really good Zen. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's top five Zen, but it, but it, it's very good. Um, um, I guess other surprises is Fragi and Bishu were both kind of, kind of um, very popular with their respective teams. Um, so from that standpoint it's surprising but they weren't playing so this is more of a yeah. more of a you know go spread sure. your wings kind of trade
0: well in the argument i'll use as an example the argument is that the fusion didn't give him an opportunity when he probably could have come in and helped yeah right? it's not so- that they
1: were doing great
0: yeah and i i think they just decided to you know go all in on uh uh who is it that they're is it Coma? No. Who's Sado. Sado, thank you. Uh and yeah, Fraggy found his way to the bench and wasn't getting an opportunity so setting him there to play is probably a good move for him yeah. the unofficial story was that carpe just wouldn't play
1: a game with froggy on stage apparently uh, maybe it was like internal strife maybe it was just a resource management sort of thing i'm not sure what oh but is this a it new was either
0: froggy or carpe
1: rspmz
0: as we call it <laughs> up this way <laughs> yeah multiple um, sauces confirm yeah but uh, as we've learned from pretty much every podcast episode, the day this goes live, there'll be some, like, earth-shattering news announced on Wednesday uh, as far as player moves are concerned, so stay tuned. Uh One final thing before we start talking a little bit about the game itself. The Overwatch League is introducing, as uh, for Stage 4, the Overwatch League League Picks Beta. Uh, simply put, you get to go and make picks, choosing you know topics or answers to questions and predictions that you might provide uh, each and every day, and uh, the number that you get right will then equate to uh, challenge completions, and if you complete a certain number of challenges, you'll then begin to be given league tokens. And again, it's only if you're right. If you get the answer wrong, you don't get a challenge point. Now how do you play? Uh, you're gonna go to overwatchleague.com uh, an hour before the start of broadcasts uh, or you're gonna watch on Twitch and then you're gonna start uh, you know uh, making your picks uh, and uh, you know prognosticating uh, throughout the, the day and then those you get right will eventually give you tokens and then you'll be a glorious champion. I'm curious if this is simply a play to try to increase viewership numbers. Yes. Like, there's. I don't see any other reason why they would introduce this one so late in the season, but two, give more tokens away. Maybe. Maybe
1: it's just the. Uh- maybe the exclamation mark tokens command has finally worked <laughs> and now we're actually I getting command more. Doesn't work.
2: <laughs> no not really
1: I, I, so I, I don't know i like it we always compare uh, how esports can learn from um you know traditional sports so this is one of the the, the things that go the other way like where Traditional sports might benefit from, you know, uh, fan interaction during a game. It'll be fun both for casuals who are there just for the tokens. It'll be fun for people who are just watching, I don't know, a Washington versus Toronto game where it'll just super not invested in it. So, yeah, and, and you get tokens out of it if you get it right. So there's not really, like, a downside to it. More power to uh, those kinds of interactions, I guess. Always down for more ways to get tokens. Yep. I'm actually like more than halfway through the characters. I've been getting a lot of like 100 drops occasionally in not my notes. I don't think I've gotten 100 <laughs> drops this season. I got I, five so far like this season. I think all I think of mine are
2: still split three. between between my PC and my
0: PlayStation, so. <laughs> oh, that, that's rough. <laughs> um, the Speaking of the exclamation tokens command... There was a part of me that was tempted to try to go and do an exclamation <laughs> RSP command and try to, you know, work under the premise that by doing this, you'll, you'll, you know, so many people will get tokens, totally game that, see if I could get it trending in, uh, in Twitch mm. chat. Cause once, once people start seeing it happen, they just start spamming the command. And next thing you know, RSP is everywhere. <laughs> I'm still waiting for, I listened to Ready, Set, Pwn to show up in the Blizzard Arena. Like someone needs to hold up a sign that says that. Can we pay Hannah? Well, maybe we need to. Someone needs to do it. We have lots of listeners, and I know quite a few have gone down there. I'm waiting for one of them to go in and, and hold up the mm-hmm. "I listen to RSP" or "I listen to already set poem." It might, ha- be it might have to be us. you. There's still there's still time. <laughs> oh, I'll be I'll totally be doing it when uh, we have the the home matches in the in the raw. It's just you won't see me because I'll be like way up there in the nosebleed. <laughs> um, about the game. So there are a lot of changes happening in Overwatch. Uh, Let's first talk a little bit about the, well, the current PTR patch, which has actually just been updated slightly today. So let's talk a little bit about some of these. Small changes. So first and foremost, across the board, ultimates are going to cost 12% more. Uh, I guess uh, Uncle Jeff decided uh, that uh, ultimates were being cast far too frequently, and therefore there is has been a cost increase. Um, slows no longer stack, which is phenomenal. If you happen yep. to already be slow because you're like me, or Reinhardt <laughs> who holds up his shield, I can't be slowed down any further. <laughs> um <laughs> The Ash uh, uh, reload has been buffed, so she'll reload a little bit faster. Uh, Doomfist can now reload his uh, hand cannon and melee at the same time, so melee won't interrupt it. Uh, Moira, she's invincible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you don't know, currently on the PTR, Moira can essentially blink out of stuns, out of knockdowns, um, out of the game. Like... Some of those are just ridiculous. Like she falls asleep and she just fades out of her sleep. What yes. the hell? The only thing, like, astral projection. You'll, it's, it's gotten to the point now where your knockdown or your alt is cast because, oh, Moira blinked. She's on cooldown. Like that'll, <laughs> that'll be the trigger now. Not whether or not Diva just popped a, a defense matrix. No, it's whether or not yeah. you saw Moira blink. Um, Hanzo loses one storm arrow. So he's Boom. a little messed. Uh, powerful um the Orissa barrier now takes longer why do they to hate so much on. i don't know uh reinhardt new passive can't be knocked back as far i think he can only be like knocked back by 30 percent um so no longer will me running into you know lijiang tower have me bumped off the bridge because a Farah popped her concussive straight out of spawn um uh emp it'll actually cast faster. This one is, this one's confusing to me. And I guess maybe it has to do with the fact that it's so much easier now, if you have like closed captioning on to see that your Sombra is mm. popping her alt. So instead of it being like one and a half seconds to cast, it's now one, but the actual effect is only five seconds now. So it's a little bit shorter. Uh, tracers pulse bomb back up to 350 damage hammond mines they scatter more so if he pops it uh, from above those mines will be a much broader area uh, and then the sim teleporter lasts until it's destroyed so there's no longer this timer on it so it's very sim, much similar to that of a, a torb turret yeah it's going to have a longer range Although there is a range cap, once it, I believe it gets to like forty meters or something in game, mm-hmm. it'll dest- automatically. Destroy, so you can't go and put it on to the, the payload and then start teleporting direct from spawn. And then uh, it has an increased reuse time. So I don't know if you, the two of you, know this, but it took you a second before you could go back into the sim teleporter. It's not going to take you a second and a half. Mm-hmm. So, eh. So those are the small changes. Anything outside of Moira being invincible, which to me, that's not a small change. That's like a functional rebuild of the character in one move.
1: Yeah, I like almost all of these. I don't like uh, the Hanzo nerf because I just play him a lot and I love the character and I I just don't like when they nerf him. (laughs) Could use the extra arrow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It, it reminds me every time he got he gets nerfed like i get like uh, don't and go like look out they massacred my boy <laughs> but uh yeah a lot of changes like jeff said in his uh interview with uh, not interview but in the stream where they seagull, introduced Trollock yeah. lock with seagull he talked about how now having two, two, two you gotta balance characters differently apparently uh, <laughs> this issue will still remain for overwatch league but i'm Super excited for this patch to go live for us, at least as
0: players. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Overwatch League and the fact that we were referring to it earlier, stage four Brigida. So Brigida on the PTR is completely being rebuilt. Inspire, her, her passive, is actually going to now heal even more to the team, but it'll be halved for her. So she's no longer sort of this, Unstoppable force in so much that she can just run around, beat the daylights out of, you know, multiple, (laughs) uh, people and simply live forever. But that buff to being able to heal her team makes her much more functional when compared to someone like a Lucio. But her half self heal doesn't make her outright invincible. Now, her repair pack, of which in the current world, uh, is one, is going to be changed into three charges. But those charges are no longer going to heal instantly. They're going to be a heal over time. Now, you can elect to go and fire all three to a particular player, and in turn, that'll increase the heal over time effect, and anything over health will be a short period of time of armor. But that makes her, again, a little more... Um, more of a utility uh, support uh, in sort of the new world. Her shield though has been nerfed to 200 HP from 500. So that shield is just there for show. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, whip shot will now hit harder and retract quicker. So not only will that knockback effect hurt you a little bit more, uh, she'll be able to go and uh, deal damage a little bit sooner as opposed to the current world where she has to wait for the retract. And then on top of the alt increase of 12 percent her rally is also going to increase an additional 10 percent as well so her alt is now 10 percent more expensive why this is a big deal well stage four Brigida is the Brigida we're accustomed to playoff Brigida will be the one that's currently in the ptr with all those changes <laughs> yeah I, I don't even
1: know how to address that Super weird. I, I, think it's, I like those changes. Yeah. No, you can f- go first. I mean, I like those changes for Brigida when you go into two two. The ones that are will be on the PTR for the Overwatch we all play, because now she can actually be a proper healer next to another one and pair up and heal. She, she her health pack kind of reminds me of a of a Zen orb that la- lasts longer, and her shield is just you know there to save her from that McCree flank or something like that or a uh, uh, really a burst amount of damage. But now she's not that, like you said, juggernaut just pushes through a choke or something like that. And having changed, like not doing that change in Overwatch League, but locking yourself to 2-2-2, two, 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 I think Brig Jail is going to be a term for the character itself and not <laughs> the players who are not going to play her any longer. Because you cannot afford to have like a Lucio or a Zen or Mercy, whatever, and have a Brig next to her. She's like, I don't know what she's gonna do really on on the game. Who knows? Maybe uh, a wacky composition with her, like be br- introduced with Chengdu, yeah, Chengdu. don't re- don't really like to play the the same meta everybody plays. They like to be the hipster uh, composition. <laughs> Who knows?
2: Yeah, I, I I think this is kind of like this attempt to make Brig a proper support. I've always felt it was a little bit kind of, kind of half tanky. And then the support was kind of like this nice benefit, kind of like a soldier with the heel. Um, but now with two, 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 they have to, to kind of lock her in. Right. So I don't, I don't think it'll get played at all. I think they'll, there's like, if you look across all the different supports right now, they all have better utility than, than Brig. Um, especially if more is invincible. Um, like that helps. Uh, so, I don't know. I've never really liked Brig as a character other than the fact that uh, it's it's a really easy entry point for, for beginners to get into the game and, and find some early success.
0: So on the topic of RSPMZ, Brig's real daddy. Is it Torb or is it Ryan? I think it's canon that it's Torb. Well, canon is Torb, but... I've seen pictures. <laughs> oh my God. Are we going to do like shipping conversations?
1: Now? <laughs> Cause I, I want to get off this ride before it starts.
0: But uh, the other thing that uh, has ready. ship. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that is now live is the new hero, a new tank named not Malga Sigma. So, I, I was watching uh, Uncle Jeff uh, on Seagull's uh, stream when Sigma went live on the PTR, and uh, they were actually talking about how initially, when they were were creating the the Baptiste story, Malga was going to be the the next tank. They really had a the idea that Malga would be it, but then they started building this character out, and it just didn't feel that it fit the Malga character well, and and that's where we got Sigma. Now, whether or not Malga shows up down the road as a potential hero and potentially a tank, that's still up for a debate, but Sigma new tank is now on the PTR. So let's run through Sigma's kit. His primary are hyperspheres. These are two Zen like junk rat charges. I don't know how to describe them, but they're essentially like two orbs that he can throw that bounce and then explode. D and D dices. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they look like, but you know, they deal decent damage. If you can get, uh, you know, headshots uh, and direct damage, um, but you can also, like, bank them in. so uh, They don't, They don't,
1: just to fix, uh, correct you, they don't have headshots, but a direct oh, hit yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Will, will deal 60 damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I meant direct hit. I just failed to correct myself. Um, secondary is a, called Accretion, which is an ability that throws debris with a knockback and knockdown effect. I saw the knockback. I didn't actually see the knockdown. Hmm. But anyhow, it's a, uh, if you get hit by these rocks and you saw it coming, it's your own downfall. Like the animation taking place and then it traveling across the screen, it's easily dodgeable. It'll suck if you don't happen to see it because, I mean, it, it, it hits hard. But again, that's a secondary. It's kind of like, uh, Doomfist when he's pulling out the, the rock in one of his emotes. It's just and this time he throws it. Pretty big lump. Uh, being tanky he has a shield called the experimental barrier now what's real cool about sigma's shield is it can be thrown out at whatever angle he wants to pretty much any particular distance it travels the same speed as a reinhardt charge and if you happen to be in uh either titan Discord or the rsp discord uh we actually shared uh a tweet that uh, demonstrated that. And then he can recall it in any time. So you get the angle wrong, just recall it and then get the angle right. I actually wonder if this particular barrier is maybe OP. Like it's got like a, I think it was 2000 HP. 1500. 1500. Okay. Still, that's a barrier. Yeah. And then he also has this ability where he can like absorb uh the the enemy's damage being dealt to add extra shields to himself now don't think of it in so much as a, a consumption but it's not like a, a diva defense matrix that's going to eat alts or anything all it does is it just absorbs the damage and and translates it into additional shields for him over a uh, just a short period of time so again aha. Him- but, you know, it's but
1: i sorry but i have to correct you again oh, there my goodness what did because- i get wrong late and it, you didn't get it wrong it was actually jeff who got it wrong <laughs> later they showed that he can um eat grabs eat ults the same way that really? uh, diva does yeah not only that but it's all intentional
0: and it's not going to be fixed and he has voice lines recorded for those instances as well okay so i so i was watching the early stream with with jeff and siegel that's where i took jeff at his word i didn't write right. the updated version you're telling me that we now have a tank that has taken some Zen, some Junkrat, some D.Va, some Arissa, some Reinhardt. Mixed it all together. That's right. And added a little Doomfist flare with his alt, kind of? Yep. Damn.
1: So, So here's the thing. Like, when I break down his kit, all of the abilities he has, I think you covered them all, are basically bunker breakers. I think they anticipated bunker being a problem, and everything he has from his uh, hyperspheres that he can uh, like toss uh from a corner or something like that even though they're not that far like the range on them is limited you can kind of chunk them around the barrier for example his accretion ability like you said is dodgeable well unless you're really clumped up together and not really mobile like a bastion would be uh then his experimental uh, barrier a great, great, great tool against the Bastion. As you said before, you can uh, pair it up with a Charging ryan and there you go. You can uh, adjust with that barrier. And that eating of, of damage as well. And finally, like the ultimate that you didn't get yeah, the to. Yeah, <laughs>
0: flux, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that one, you want me to just like yeah, review it, what it does? We'll do it. So that would lift your... whoever. So he goes up in the air, kind of like a Doomfist does, but he's still in the map and you can uh, attack him. So he kind of moves around like uh, Mercy would in her uh, guardian angel. So then you would mark this radius on the ground again, very similar to what you have in Doomfist alt. And whoever is in that area basically loses uh, their connection to the gravity and they are lifted up about the same height that you would see a, ph- a pharaoh hover over, and they they can't move. It's kind of like you're stuck in a Junkrat trap, but in the mid midair or in a Graviton. So you can you can attack, but you cannot really move. So you're super exposed. And then if you're still alive, it just tosses you back down and smashes you against the ground, taking 50% of the, your damage. So if you have a 500 damage hero, it takes about, not about, but exactly 250 and so forth. So that's again, imagine a H- team that's clumped bunker. up in a bunker. You just lift them all, uh, them all up in the air. And apparently, it would also take up a barrier with it. It will take up um, maywall with it. So a lot, a lot of cool utility against bum- bunker comps. So he, he looks like a very unique hero. Very interesting to play. He's a three star, so not a, a character that you will be able to be productive and effective with uh, right out of the gates. Uh so he looks really strong but people keep uh whoever says he's OP uh never really notice the fact that he has no mobility whatsoever.
0: Well yeah, Nothing. he he can he floats on the ground, he moves yeah. tank speed. Uh, about the only thing he's got going for him is that there's no tank step. So like when I'm Reinhardt <laughs> You can pretty much hear me come out of spawn in your spawn. Like, that's how loud I am. Yeah. All the tanks are kind of like that with D.Va and, and
1: Orisa. Oh, man, you can hear them from all over, like you said. Yeah. He's like a silent assassin. So that's kind of scary, man. You know, We all know how scary those Zen flanks are. Imagine like a freaking tank and you can't hear him coming. Yeah. So, anyhow, doesn't I mean, he, he doesn't even wear socks. No. Well, he he, he's shoeless. Yeah. Shoeless. Yeah. <laughs> Shoeless Sigma. Great lore video, too. I don't know. Speaking
2: I kind of, of didn't like the lore video because it seemed like there's barely any animation. at all. was just a bunch of flashing.
0: It felt a little bit low budget. Well, so well, I, I, I thought the lore video was a <laughs> teaser video. I actually, that's how I interpreted it. I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to introduce like a, an actual lore video. Yeah, maybe they, we will see something
1: else. Because normally they put up like more than one. I'm not sure when he probably when he goes live, maybe, maybe. Yeah. but that's like a teaser. You're right. Not a lot of animation there. It's kind of like a slideshow, but the voice work and music is pretty nice.
0: The, uh, what's that melody? And then like our swan, he goes and has crab rave. That was phenomenal. <laughs> if you're yeah. if you're not following following arswani on twitter um you're you're missing out this guy is gold he creates all sorts of like uh, uh video memes and that uh he's also a Vancouver titans fan so you know good on you, brother but yeah his his crab rave uh what is that melody and then the crab rave happens
1: <laughs> the yes, philadelphia
0: fusion had some fun with it too eh Sorry, the Philly Fusion had uh, had uh, some fun with it too. Um, I haven't saw, uh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh gosh, what, I can't remember. You know, the one where all of a sudden the characters start spinning in space and all that. I can't remember what the song is called. Um, Interstellar yeah, one, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that with it. So, anyway, <laughs> what's that melody? And then there's the other version, which is like it played backwards and pretty much that unleashes a demon in your home. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't listen to that one. <laughs> Well, we've got through an entire episode. We're an hour in. We didn't make too much fun of Sam, so I think uh, we can call this one a success, <laughs> boys. It's an instant classic. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that there's going to be some Overwatch League uh, action again. The last couple of weeks been a little dry, and I haven't actually figured out what I was going to do with my time, so I did nothing. Very, very productive. should
2: have been on Sombra lock with me.
0: Yeah, yeah Sombra sucks I hate Sombra it like both actually, you know, sides. Oh. I, I hate mercy I, I've actually been thinking about this and when I play mystery heroes the moment I get mercy I'm like I hate this <laughs> uh, like I'd rather have a Hanzo and a Widow and I hate Hanzo and Widow I don't know what it is I just would never choose mercy I want to I'll play any other healer any other healer please don't make me be mercy have mercy he might say know.
1: Yeah, Mystery Heroes kind of made me like all the characters. I didn't like playing, like, more than four characters and it kind of transformed me into this weird flex position where I don't know what, what to play. But now with the role queue, it's going
0: to be my... Conta lock. Well, <laughs> always, always. Speaking of uh, Mystery Heroes, I actually wasn't a Rhine main until I started playing them in Mystery Heroes. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. If you saw me main a tank, it was often a, a hog. Um but yeah, no, I started playing Ryan and Mystery Heroes and then suddenly realized, well, wait a minute. If I play them like a, a damage hero, I can actually deal a whole uh, lot of hurt. So that's, you know, the story. It's a big hammer. Um, I will admit, uh, with the one thing we'd actually talk about roll kill just so, uh, we don't forget uh, it's going to be in QP as well as competitive some arcade modes and for those in competitive your SR is going to be split per role. so you may learn that your SR was reflective of a drag role that you used to choose that you were thought you were okay with and then amplified for a role that uh, you weren't too bad so I'm going to learn that I'm probably like you know uh, grandmaster widow yeah um, this new role queue now they got three ways to remind
2: me that I'm bronze she Jeez. <laughs>
0: oh. so we actually I, I i did a poll on twitter about the roll kill as to what will you choose tank was number one support was number two dps was number three they're lying i think i tweeted this at you too everybody you're yeah. liars like, so no. part of me actually wonders this because jeff made it very clear in the video hey just so you know if you choose dps you might take a while to find a match and people yeah. are like well i don't want to wait so watch, watch it suddenly actually be the reverse. If you choose DPS, you'll get through right away because everyone's going to choose tank or support, and there'll just be too many of them. Yeah.
1: To me, it kind of invalidates uh, alt accounts. Now, because uh, I'll probably do all three. So anytime you get tilted on one
0: roll, you know, no problem. Just go to the other. Hmm. So you mean uh, there will be fewer Smurfs taking it out on me in bronze? <laughs> There might
1: be, but you can't uh, unless they, uh, you know, play or throw or play not to their level on on purpose. You will not see them as often.
0: True. Hey, I'm I'm like diamond in Lucio ball. So who knows? You might be diamond in one of these roles uh, without knowing. But uh, let's wrap this sucker up. So for those of you who have got to this point of the podcast and you've not actually ever clicked that subscribe button and whatever podcast app that you happen to tune into us on, we would love it if you could actually do that and tune in again next week where Omni and I make fun of Sam or whichever special guest joins us, <laughs> makes fun of Sam in his absence. <laughs> I don't I have internet next week. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's, that's good <laughs> okay. to know. Podcast um, on LTE, is that a thing? Hey, I'm sure it is. I mean, I could actually, you know what? I could fire up the roadcaster. You could get in on the phone. <laughs> we'll see. How it goes. I Hope you
1: have running waters
2: next.
0: Uh, internet first, running water second. Priorities. Yeah. That's, that's got them in order. If you're looking for the uh, the website, though, go to ReadySetPwn.com. We've got some actually fantastic content there. Uh, Rowlett, uh, one of our contributors, uh, sat down with uh, Muvan, who is trying out for Team Canada's Overwatch uh, team, and uh, sat down, asked him a few questions, uh, got some earth-shattering news that a guy named after muffins likes cupcakes. <laughs> Kevin Durant
2: disagrees.
0: You know, so when when Rowlett shared that in Discord, I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. And then I read it, and I'm like, man, I got played.
2: (laughs) Man's clickbait
0: game is growing. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, And then as well, uh, if you're looking for us on social, it's at ReadySetPone, Facebook.com slash ReadySetPone, Instagram.com slash ReadySetPone. We're pretty much every which way from here to Sunday. We've got a YouTube account. There's not a whole lot up there right now, but uh, we're slowly popping old podcast episodes onto the YouTube account. For those of you who happen to listen to us on YouTube, uh, hopefully there will be more. Uh, I have this idea, guys. I'm going to bounce it off you. Um, next Monday, should we have an, a, an RSP event called Mystery Heroes Monday? I don't know if I have internet on Monday. Well, Okay, Sam. <laughs> we can, you can play I'm with just the a bot here Monday. anyway. Yeah. I'm not real. I'm so so I'll try and join sounds fun to me. I'll, I'll be there. Okay. Well, if this is of interest to you. If you want to join uh, team RSB for some mystery heroes, Monday, uh, shoot us a tweet at uh, Ready, Set, Pwn, or jump into uh, RSP Discord and let us know. We will look to get something set up. It'll probably be in the, in the evening on Monday. Um, so for those of you who happen to live on the East Coast, might be a little bit late. For those of you who happen to be worldwide, could be a little early, a little late. so that I apologize. But uh, I'm kind of thinking it would be cool to, to get people together and uh, have a little fun in Mystery Heroes. We can all, you know, six stack uh, a team of mercies, which is <laughs> That's like you know, worst 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 nightmare. stupid oh god. god yeah horrible but uh we'll get something set up i don't know what the what it'll look like and if we have more than six people uh maybe we can have a couple of groups uh having a good old time so look for more information about that but uh as we do with every episode let's have some final words of wisdom so sam why don't you go first it's been a while that you've been on the podcast i'm sure you have lots to say i have uh so much to say but
2: hmm Wait, you need to recharge my battery. I'm out.
1: (laughs) Omni. I'll just quote our new uh, hero. The universe is singing to me. And it's not pretty.
0: (laughs) Well, as for me, I am looking forward to stage four. Uh, It'll be an interesting stage. Seven matches of which the Vancouver Titans need to win only three uh, when the season has been restarted. So fun times will be had. But on behalf of Omni at Omnistri, Sam, at another Sam channel, myself, Lightforce, which I guess I name mean is Chris at Lightforce. <laughs> the two words I'm going to end off this podcast with are Catres.